This is an ohs.com.au production. Hey everyone, welcome to the first episode of the Health and Safety Business Podcast. My name is Brendan Tarazzi and I am your host. So just a little bit of an intro as to why this podcast has started. Um, basically, I'm a, I'm a lover of podcasts. I've been listening to lots and lots of stuff uh, more or less on a daily basis, marketing podcasts, business podcasts, stuff on music, uh, science, whole, whole range of different um, topics. And so I had a bit of a look around and I saw that there was actually nothing in Australia on health and safety. Uh, and I thought, wouldn't that be interesting to actually start my own podcast? So that's exactly what I have done. Uh, so basically, the aim of this podcast is to meet as many people as popular from uh, as as possible, I should say, uh, from different walks of um, life, different states around the country, and just hear the stories, the personalities, and the businesses that are really driving health and safety in Australia. And by doing so, I really believe that. Uh, there'll be a benefit to those that uh, listen to it. We, we can potentially get more stories out there, uh, learn some things that went well, things that went, didn't go so well, and um, just basically share information and stories so that uh, we can all benefit. So a little bit about my story. People ask me often, how did I get into the health and safety world? Was I trained? Was that my background? And, and I really like to say to people that I entered uh, out of naivety because I certainly didn't plan to get involved, but it's just one of those things where uh, life has, has taken me down this um, track. So a little bit about uh, how I, if I wind right back to when I was a teenager, um, I used to promote bands, I used to play in bands, and then in my early 20s after I finished uni, I decided that I was pretty much unemployable. I've, I've come from a family that have always been in business for themselves, both on my mother and my father's side. And so for me, the most natural thing in the world was to start my own business. So when I uh, finished university, I came up with this idea to make some Japanese signs. Uh, I lived in Sydney and uh, I would make Japanese signs for tourist stores in the rocks. Uh, Now that sort of developed um, over the years and I was doing it for probably about a dozen years and I started off with the Japanese signs and then I started doing Chinese stuff and Korean and before you knew it, I was translating documents and, and videos and all sorts of different things in all different languages. When I was in my early 30s, I sold that business and I went on a, um, I, I, again, I would say naively sold that business because I thought, oh, she'll be right. I'll be able to just start up something when I come back. Um, it won't be a problem. And uh, so I was about 31. Uh, my wife and I had just got married and we thought, you know what, let's pack everything up and go traveling and we and that's what we did we went traveling for two and a half years uh, it was a fantastic time in life no kids just the two of us newly married and we went to uh, we traveled around australia went through sri lanka and indonesia and then probably for the most part we spent 12 months in south america six months in brazil and then another six months traveling around all the other spanish speaking countries after that we went off to india and then pretty much came home um, uh, with not much money left, but uh, fortunately through the first business we had managed to pay off a uh, apartment in Potts Point and uh, basically that was our little nest egg, but we were basically starting again. Um, and so <clears throat> basically from there we 
went into we started making um, uh, women's dresses and selling them at the markets, Paddington Markets at Bondi Markets. And we did that for a few years, went traveling, but I was really looking for something new to get in into. And we, in early 2005, we spotted this opportunity, these guys in the Empire State Building selling sleep. And we thought, wow, these cool looking, futuristic looking sleep pods. And um, so we, what we did, we jumped on a plane, went over there and we negotiated the rights to um, getting these sleep pods over to Australia. And that's in 2006, they arrived and we were so naive, we thought it would be so easy to sell these sleep pods or rent these sleep pods because of the amount of PR we were able to generate. Like we had so much PR, that wasn't the problem. We, You know, we were on Sydney Morning Herald, AFR, um, The Age were running stories, there was um, radio interviews, there was a whole heap of TV, but companies themselves, there was only a few uh, early adopters that were willing to take these pods up and put them in the workplace to let their staff sleep. Of course, we know the benefits of napping, that napping, having a short power nap up to 20 minutes uh, can really improve your productivity in the afternoon. But it was a big, big leap for a lot of companies to, you know, allow their staff to condone that sort of thing. So through that process, we met heaps and heaps of people in the sleep industry in Australia. And and one of those uh, people, Dr. Drew Dawson, he tipped us onto this idea that there was some fatigue management legislation coming through. Uh, for the road transport industry. This was 2008 by that stage. And so what we did is we partnered up with an RTO, we built an online course and we launched it. And pretty much, I reckon, probably within about three months, we had 20% of the market share for this new course, which is at very, very exciting times. Um, and that sort of started me on the track to... Uh, building my own RTO, uh, which we so we partnered with an RTO for about three years under an auspice arrangement, and then in 2011 we opened our own RTO, got approved, and it was really fortuitous timing because shortly after that the uh, WHS Act came into place and we rode this giant wave of training requirements in in the WHS space. So. We kind of went from, you know, there was dangerous goods training, there was food safety legislation that came through in 2011. Um, then it went on to asbestos removal. Um, there was a lot of work on the NBN. Um, and it just seemed like it was one thing after the next, after the next. Comcare training, HSR was another big one that we did a lot of work for. Uh, and then, so that kept going right up till probably the end of 2015, super, super busy. The company was growing and all of that. And then we naively again went into um, the government-funded training space, which for those of you that don't know is where the government um, subsidises training on behalf of participants in certain areas. And we really weren't equipped for this change. And so over the next sort of 20, 18 months, I think it lasted for, we had like six or seven government audits and it it pretty much almost killed me. Like I was totally burnt out and ready to sort of quit health and safety. So, but I didn't, I kept, I kept going and um, I made a lot of personal changes and um, luckily enough during that period where we had been really, really busy, I'd got involved with some other um, businesses. For example, I own a wedding venue now, um, which, is a is you know complete opposite of health and safety but it's something else that I do 
um, you know, which I, I spend my, my time on. So it sort of diversified my interests a little bit. But now uh, that wedding venue is running um, incredibly well, very, very uh, smoothly. So I've kind of got all my energy back and I needed a new project. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to give back to the industry and start a podcast and also uh, try and about, oh, I think it would have been about five years ago, I bought this ohs.com.au, the the domain name, and I've always, you know, is a very expensive purchase and never been able to do anything with it. And so now I've finally come up with this concept where I'm going to um, – to run a health and safety marketplace which hasn't been done in Australia as yet. So that's um, that's sort of a little bit about me. I've got, as I said, I've got my energy back now. I've got my spark and passion and, and this podcast is is something that um, I see as a, as a new beginning really, something new because on a personal level I love to innovate and I love to love to try new things and be the first at doing stuff and, and that's – where I think for me where the excitement comes, where the passion comes and and where you can actually make a difference. I, I really don't like following what's already been done. It, to me that that uh, just seems a little bit boring. So anyway, that big, big gets us to the end of the, the, uh, the first introduction of the Health and Safety Business Podcast. If you've enjoyed listening to the show, I encourage you to subscribe and also uh, leave a comment. Uh, so that other people can can learn about what what we're doing, and in the upcoming weeks we're going to be um, starting this journey of interviewing different people from all different industries and walks of life, interesting people that shape out shape the health and safety industry. Um, hopefully, some things that you haven't thought of that that you know you didn't realise that health and safety would apply. But when you think about it, the industry is massive. Like. I was recently doing some research and the services component is about $1.5 billion per annum in Australia and the product side of health and safety is about $1.7. So we're looking at well over $3 billion industry per annum but as you, a lot of you probably know, it's a very, very fragmented industry. So the idea is to try and join the pieces together somehow and or even just in a small way to make a difference. Anyway, so I'm Brendan Tarazzi. I'm signing off. Thanks very much for in, for listening in.